This is a Momentum Media production. Investing insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. G'day, how you going? Phil Tarrant here, co-host of Investing Insights with Right Property Group. I'm joined by Steve Waters, Victor Kumar, Directors, Right Property Group as we round out 2021. What a year it was, gents. How are you going? You're doing well, mate. But uh, I am looking forward, not only to next year, but also just a few days off is going to be hopefully recharging and hopefully mobile. Mm, yeah. It seems to be a long year, like just, just one long day. Well, Groundhog Day, um, go and watch the great movie, which we all know. Uh, it's uh, It's been a very interesting year and a lot of people will think that it was unique and who would have thought that we'd be rounding out the year as we started the year. As we entered 2021, um, the first round of COVID lockdowns was behind us. The sun was shining, but it was at the point of time of Christmas, if we think back to it, gents. Uh, the Northern Beaches was locked down uh, as an isolation bubble, and we'll tell, well, that's a, a view of the future. If there is any sort of uh, COVID outbreaks, they'll be localised. So we went into 2022 thinking the wind was behind us and it was going to be a stellar year, and we got to about June of 2021 and uh, smack bang into lockdown again. And as we round out this year on the last day of the year, 2021, there's a whole new virus strain that's impacting everything, the highest numbers that we've seen in a long time over the last couple of weeks. Who would have thought that we'd be finishing the year as we started it? It's pretty amazing, isn't it, really, when you spell it out like that? It's been such a dynamic few years. This this year, though, like 2021, there's been a lot of highs and lows and mm. yeah, there's been some tremendous winners and clearly there's been people that have done it tough. And I think, look, it probably will be for the foreseeable future, more of what we're experiencing now until we eventually get on top of it as a world, we're going to see these infection rates ebb and flow. And yeah, that is going to potentially shape economies momentarily. And maybe some would argue forever and ever. I mean, you look what's experienced the last couple of years and how that has shaped economies, good and bad, but also created potentially new sustainable trends and obviously some short-term trends. So it's been extremely dynamic and I would suggest that it will be for some time yet. Yeah. And therein lies the discussion point being that 2021 was so unique that we'll probably never have another year like it. Um as we turn the corner into 2022, what is going to make 2022 so different from any other year before that can help shape how property investors can tackle the market? I think what you need to be comfortable with, Victor, is that there's a whole bunch of things that you cannot control investing in property. Now, as we go into 2022, we have a lot of commentary around the potential for interest rates to start climbing upwards. Now, the cash rate may not climb the RBA has said that it wants to keep it stable to 2024. There's sort of now I'm hearing maybe it's 2023, but that doesn't stop the banks moving in isolation. We're moving into an election year. The budget is going to be handed down the last week of March, from what I understand. And I thought the election might get called beforehand, but I have it on account now that it's probably going to be a May election. Who knows? But it's going to be hugely topical, hugely topical, and no one really knows how that's going to land. Now, we're coming off also, Victor, the biggest ever hike in property prices over a course of a year. I think the REIA, which is Real Estate Institute of Australia, reckons it's somewhere sort of nationwide at 23%. So the uniqueness of 2021, is it just going to be downhill, do you think, for 2022? Or 
is it good to be in property? Look, I think it, bottom line is it's always good to be in property. You just need to know what to buy at what time. And um, one of the things that will likely shape 2022 is people trying to play the catch-up game and thinking that they'll get, say, 2021 type growth in 2022. There has to come to an end point in terms of the you know, strong rise in terms of value, both from an affordability point of view and the fact that True to form, we are now trying to clamp down on lending, the looseness of lending that has been there during the major lockdowns, which is one way to regulate the market. So we will obviously start seeing those. So I'd say that 2022, if if it's not planned properly and approached properly, we'll see a lot more casualties than winners. Yeah, and by casualties, Victor, if you're not winning in property in 2022, where and how will you be a casualty? If you go down the path of speculation and, you know, go in with the thought process that you'll always get good growth, right, you will end up financially hurting yourself, if you, especially if you're redlining your borrowing capacity as well at the same time, right? So not leaving yourself any room to maneuver. We need to understand that with property investing, whilst the last year, year and a half has been significant in terms of growth, we had the biggest growth we've had in decades, in fact, the last time we had uh, growth similar to this was uh, back in the um, uh, in the late 1990s, 90s and early 2000s. In fact, Steve, you recall you bought a property and that practically doubled in that year. So people have seen that, right? People have seen that in their portfolio now. And once people get a few wins on board in terms of investing, they tend to think that they are a little bit bulletproof and they start fudging numbers and they start swaying away from the safety safety nets and the, and the fundamentals. And that's when you do get financially hurt. Yeah. And um, look, buyer beware, it's a mantra in property. It's a maxim that most people, I think, grow up with. You always hear about the great stories of people uh, making uh, good wealth, investing in property. You don't normally hear the people that that blow their dough and end up the other way. And I think, Steve, moving into 2022, you know, this being a year unlike no other as we enter into the new year, if you're going to try and capture what 2022 is going to be for property investors and why you think it's going to be so unique, what would they be? I think it's going to be a very diverse year around valuations. And there's two types of valuations. It's what someone will pay for it, but more importantly, or just as importantly, what the bank valuer will value it at. And there's a few reasons for that because in an ever-changing finance environment where serviceability calculations are starting to get a little tighter, we've discussed before how APRA has break-checked the system, whatever it was, two months ago. They will definitely do it again. Maybe it will be around LVR positions. They're definitely going to punish interest-only borrowers. And I say punish quite deliberately. They've already indicated that. And when you put just even those components into the pot, you'll have valuers start to be a little bit trepidatious around contract prices or refinances, because at the end of the day, they hold the key to the kingdom somewhat, and they're trying to protect their livelihood. They're trying to adjust risk and predict risk accordingly. After we've just come off such a a tremendous two to three years just subconsciously in the back of their minds, they're going to be saying, well, yeah, this can't go forever. I need to be a little bit you know, more risk adverse perhaps in a lot of situations. Now, that's not saying that you know, valuers are silly. You know, they have a job to do. And part of that is what I've just explained. But they're also 
got a market that is in certain parts of the country that is rapidly escalating and they need statistical data-driven evidence on new price points all the time. And if there's not comparable sales to justify the valuation and make them feel good and protect the bank's risk, well, then they'll start to shave, should we call it, some of those valuations. But we can probably see a little bit of it happening now, and I'd suggest it'll get more so. Problem with that is, and why it'll be very, very dynamic, is that it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy in line with whatever the narrative is within media. And you could see a not a cascading market falling in value, but certainly one where the rate of growth slows considerably and quite quickly. Yeah, and, and you're sort of tying in quite a lot of sophisticated terms and ideas inside of property investment. Now, for our listeners who might not really get why valuations are important. There's two main triggers, I guess, Vic. Number one is that if you buy a place for, let's say, $500,000 and the value thinks it's worth less, that means you're going to need more money in order to settle on that property. And the flip side of that is that if you're looking to uh, leverage equity out of your portfolio through refinancing your properties, you want your valuations to stack up. And and to Steve's point, I've I've just gone through a process now doing some, some vows and they come in probably... Some of them between fifty and hundred thousand dollars under what I could probably sell the property for. So, is this going to define? Do you think twenty twenty two as in is real short for and valuations, or will it pick up at some point? Look, I think there there will be there will be some significant movement in terms of valuations, right? Uh, both from a data point of view and more stock coming on the market in the coming months as people move around. They've made their New Year's resolution. They've um, uh, what we're finding with the agents that we found in December was that a lot of the uh, vendors towards the tail end uh, getting into Christmas were choosing to leave their properties non-marketed. So in other words, not on the internet. It is still available for sale through the agent's database, but it was not on the internet. So we will likely to see a flood of properties coming on. So the flow on effect will be that probably quarter two the next year in 2022, we're likely to see the impact of what really happened in uh, quarter one whether it's up, down, sideways. But realistically, once we hit July, that's when the true market will tend to unfold from a valuation point of view, right? In the sense that the initial flurry has gone out of the market, the election's out of the way, you've got potentially the banks independently moving their interest rates. And, and this would be a good tell on the new investors who have not seen increasing interest rates. If they've started investing, say, in the last five years, they have not seen interest rates rise, right? They've seen interest rates drop. So all of those things coming in together is likely to shape that valuation play. And the market will react accordingly in the sense that as the word spreads, as knowledge spreads that the banks aren't valuing it or the valuers aren't valuing it at purchase, you will start to see that small contraction starting to happen. But but it's not, not a reduction in value. It's actually the slowing of the growth, the this you know in immense growth spurts that we're getting right now. They'll actually slow down. I don't think 2022 will uh, we will see markets going backwards. It's just going to be a slower growth in 2022. I'd say more in line with historical averages. Yeah, yeah. And don't get confused because you already sort of pick it up in the media. Everyone's talking about oh things are going to slow down in 2022. It's not going to be good for property. A lot of the 
data forecasts that are coming out now is getting misinterpreted by parts of the media where you would assume that probably is going to go backwards in 2022. Now, I think a lot of the economic forecasts inside the banks are forecasting a drop in 2023, but they're saying for 2022, it's just not going to grow at the same speed as what it grew in 2021 and maybe even 2020. So just be careful with that. But when you look, Victor, into 2022, and it's just literally around the corner, what is it about this year ahead of us that most excites you as a property investor and as someone who supports property investors create wealth through property? Well, it's actually resetting the market back to where it should be. So the heat in the market actually coming out of it. So apart, you know, moving away from your double-digit growth to your normal single-digit growth uh, in a sense. I think there'll also be a lot of soul-searching that people do over this uh, break in the sense that the pandemic has put wealth creation and income replacement right in front and center, right? So a lot of people will be talking those things, whether it is actually rationalizing their assets, so selling down and, and moving to a cheaper state and therefore addressing quality of life, or whether it is actually accelerating and getting more investments under the belt, knowing that the trend is upwards and there's now more than ever, there is more focus on income replacement as opposed to just simply gathering equity, right? I think there's a few other forces at play which the media aren't picking up on that is out of everybody's control. And some of them are very, very simple yet obvious components such as wage growth, such as inflation, which on the surface, people would love to remark that about that saying, well, that's just negative, wage growth isn't, but inflation is negative, negative, negative. That's a bad thing. But inflation within check means that you have a healthier economy than when rates are extremely low, because that's trying to stimulate the economy. We have a skilled shortage. We will see wage growth. We've already seen the beginnings of wage growth. And that in itself will have a perpetuating effect between people's ears about feeling better in life, about life. And they will tend to spend more because they feel more secure and they're earning more and potentially their disposable income will go up. Then you combine the fact that there's going to be an element of the market that is going to sell their properties and be cashed up. Now, whether they're investors or homeowners, if they're a homeowner, they still need to replace what the roof over their head, whether they're upsizing or downsizing, even maybe they'll rent for a little bit, which then goes to the next component. And that is the lack of supply around a lot of areas of Australia and the opening up of international borders. And we've talked about this from time to time, that component alone is going to put pressure on a market from a commercial sense for those that already have property potentially creating a higher cash flow scenario, more income. And just that commercial overlay, as we've talked about many times, will increase the viability of the property. More people will jump in because they're getting a better gross yield, probably better than where they could get elsewhere. Yes, rates may have gone up, but it makes commercial sense to do it. And I believe we'll see the beginnings of that during 2022. And I think maybe six months into the beginning of COVID, we talked about the roaring 20s and how we believe that this decade or a good part of it will be you know, similar to the, the 1920s, the roaring 20s, where everybody could potentially live large. Yeah. Look, the upheaval in economy, upheaval in personal life, that, that tends to refocus people. And that's what's happening at large in the economy and the general populace, right? So that's something that we need to make sure that 
we're not, you know, we don't get caught up in that swell unnecessarily, making sure that we are still keeping the fundamentals in check. But I agree with you, Steve, in, in the sense that people will live large, people will start taking strong action towards their investment and income replacement. And that in, in itself was going to shape the market and create a lot of niche markets within the investment circles as well. Mm. Probably the big ingredient which nobody knows about yet, and I don't even think the RBA or the banks themselves know, is that the flow of credit. It's such an obvious comment around, yeah, that's such an important part of the market and asset growth, no matter what the asset is. It's not so much about the interest rates. And we did a Facebook Live the other day where I was giving an example of, you said the property that doubled in 12 months, I think I was at 8%, but the flow of credit was readily available. And you need population growth, you need all the fundamentals, et cetera, et cetera. But that flow of credit is going to be the absolute most crucial component around 2022 and beyond. Yeah, it's a good, good point around credit and, um, you know, to use one of your mantra, Steve, um, property is a game of finance and and he who, she who has um, better capabilities in their finance typically is a better property investor. Now, if you look at 2022, there's some numbers that come out late 2021 that I heard um, that uh, for the most recent period, uh, mortgage brokers wrote 65% of all home loans uh, or mortgages in Australia, which is a huge number, huge number. And I think as we go into 2022, the rapid adaptation or speed of change and innovation in how people secure home loans, I think is going to be uh, something which will define this market moving forward. Now, are we going to go back to, Steve, you spoke about, you had a probably double in value when interest rates were 8%. I remember back in the um, early 90s when interest rates were like 18 19%. Now, are we ever going to get back to that? I doubt it. I think the competition now and accessibility for Australians to think outside how they traditionally used to get mortgages, i.e. directly to a bank branch, has changed forever. And that should keep competition tight, I think, in terms of lending. And if you're a good borrower, access to uh, debt should be accessible as long as you stay within your means and, and think sort of laterally, Vic, to outside of going through the traditional means. Now, that's good news for property investors, I would imagine. It is, it is. One of the things that is a flow-on effect and just, just um, that many people don't really think about is with off the back of strong value increases, people tend to over leverage and they don't take into account that the values may come down, right? So they leave themselves too thin in terms of the equity position. So it's all good to have a you know rose-colored glasses going into 2022. We still need to be making sure that we're not leaving ourselves in a in a situation where we are we we don't have enough equity to back ourselves up, especially as lending as you said as lending starts to constrain, right? Mm. Both from an interest rate point of view, but more importantly from a accessibility of finance point of view. So one of the things that's likely to happen is that they may drop the loan to value ratio down. So if your entire portfolio is sitting at say eighty percent or ninety percent right now in terms of leverage, it may be a time to have a strong hard look to say, do we need to do anything further? Do we need to buy something to boost up our equity? So, you know, taking towards a property that will help us increase the equity position so that we can prepare ourselves for the inevitable where the finance is not going to be as readily available from a loan-to-value ratio point of view. Or it could be that the reverse is also true where you're harvesting all of the equity that you can, given that finance is here right now and it's available. 
and parking that away into offset accounts, right? So that you're actually preparing for opportunities in the coming years, but you take into account the availability of finance now and harvesting the equity now ahead of everything else. Yeah, that's a, a good strategy. And I know a lot of investors who are doing the hard work to get finance now, parking the offset so they can capitalize uh, as and when opportunities do arise in the 2022. And, and, you know, we've been talking about the positives of 2022, Steve, as in what's going to make this market unique. And, and we need to be considerate as we enter 2022. Uh, we're in a Different situation where we thought we would be as we came out of the COVID lockdown in uh, October and November, where we have this new variant, which is really ripped into the community. I think there's an acknowledgement, at least out of the New South Wales Premier, is that, you know, let's just keep keep going, keep pushing ahead. Everyone's going to have to learn to deal with the COVID-19 issues and complexities around it. You make your own call on how you want to play. It's pretty much where it is right now. So what impact that's going to have in 2022 who knows? We spoke earlier on about all these different moving bits, but we spoke about sort of moving into 2022 as in a positive sense. But when, as we, Steve, go into 2022, what is it that really concerns you? What is the one thing? I know you probably sleep well at night because you're that sort of bloke, but if there was something that was going to keep you awake when you look at property and property investing, what would it be? Um, I think not for me personally, I don't worry about a lot, but I think within the general community, I think there's going to be a real accommodation crisis. I think there are going to be people struggling throughout sectors of the community that can't find accommodation, and it'll create a larger gap between those who do and those that don't, or the haves and the have-nots. That's a concern for me. Yeah, as I go a little bit sideways and deep, COVID has put a lot of pressure on families, and there has and will probably continue to be separations, and as a result of that, people may find themselves in their car because of the lack of accommodation throughout these areas. And that's a genuine concern for me. Mm. I've seen it happen before, probably at the end of the GFC, similar circumstances where I, I remember there were, call it a Dutch auction on the front lawns of properties for tenants, yeah, on who was going to pay the highest price to rent that particular property. Yeah, that's one component, but I think just the pressure for sectors of the community, you know, it's going to be an issue. And the government will have to step in in one way, shape or form. You know, maybe investors can step in in one way, shape or form and, and supply affordable accommodation, you know, room sharing, whatever it may be, lodging houses to help facilitate it along with local communities, organisation. And I think you know, that's where my concern is. But sort of just coming back to the positive stuff for a minute, I really do think 2022 is back to the future. And what I mean by that is that investors in any asset class should be looking to history and operating in 2022 far differently than how they've been operating in 2021. And for the majority of 2020, we're going to get back to potentially the more, dare I say, it, traditional style of property investing, where we're not going to see 20% per day growth and that we are going to see a tighter finance. Uh, ecosystem. So it's almost back to what it was, what's normal, dare I say it. And there'll be people that have never seen that. And there in itself is a bit of a problem. So without being an alarmist, because I'm certainly not, and I'm very bullish about next year and beyond, but I think people need to just change their their filters and their approach a little differently for 2022, you know, and don't, yeah. you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a subject of today's podcast. Are your rose colored glasses too thick? 
<laughs> well, I know when I saw it, uh, when I started investing, started investing at the right time, rapid capital growth um, went, hang on a second, this property thing's pretty easy. You know, Blind Freddy could do this pretty well. Luckily, I had some support on my side that was sort of steering me along the way as a pretty good buyer's agent at the time, which was you guys. But um, oh, right. yeah, I was asking yeah, the, yeah, uh, you guys. Uh, if you remember, <laughs> remember back then. But, um, but a lot of people would have entered this market They've gone probably like thinking about investing in property in 2019 in a job where wasn't impacted by COVID, probably think, hang on a second, this property thing's pretty easy. You know, it's going to be beer and Skittles for the into the future. But there is, and everyone knows, if you're even 101 type property people, property moves in cycles up and down, up and down, up and down. Now, the mean is normally that it goes up in value and that's been the way it is in Australia since the first people arrived here down in the you know, the rocks and the first fleet. But um, Victor, like not to be the merchants of doom and gloom, but you've got to think about the negatives in any market and how you can mitigate those negatives. Now, Steve's sort of taken more of a, a community sort of point of view, and that is around accessibility for property and some of those uh, social impacts connected with it. Now, we haven't even applied what migration is going to look like. And we know the borders are now opened up and they're encouraging students back in, which is probably good for the apartment market, at least in the capital cities. When you look into 2022 and and look at where those issues lie, and it might not necessarily be for you because you're a sage investor and no doubt you got your, your stuff sorted out. But for those people who are knocking on your door saying, hey, I want to get involved, all those people who have been a proper investor now find themselves in a point of bother, where are the negatives? Where are the negatives for you? And what sort of concerns you the most? Well, first of all, I, I'd agree with Marty over here, back to the future. Uh, that's um, you, you need a red puffer jacket, Steve, is what you need. I have and one. A, and, a, and a hoverboard. <laughs> I don't have one of those. <laughs> Look, I, I, t- I tend to agree um, in terms of uh, the concerns. It's all going, going to be around the rents and the affordability and the fact that a few people will get caught out because of the changes in finance if they don't move quick enough. Apart from that, if you've taken a, um, a safe approach towards investing, and by safe, I mean you look at investing within your own means, so affordability within your own household, you can't really get it wrong. Understanding that the um, investing is a medium to long-term play in property, and you shouldn't be chasing the short wins, right? If the short wins come your way, yeah, more, more good luck. But you shouldn't really be chasing that and, and not make that the flavor of the investment. So my fear for next year is this, that the people will start chasing those short wins. And those short wins may be short-lived in, in, as the markets do turn. One of the things that uh, you start seeing right now is that there are quite a few economists that are starting to predict the shift back from regional and shift back from lifestyle areas into your office environment as businesses slowly start moving towards office occupation. And you've got you know, CoreLogic coming out of the report saying that you know, more than likely 2023 is going to see that, right? So it'll, it, the trend will start in 2022, but 2023 may see a reversal. So those are things where if you're speculative in nature in terms of investing, that's my fear is that people will get caught out with those things. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I've been sort of watching that commentary, a lot of the um, the business press, Victor, around companies now lamenting on the fact that they've, you know, it's great to have flexibility, but you do lose stuff. It it does have an impact on culture uh, connected with it. You look at some sectors and they're talking about the law specifically, they're pretty much saying, you know, the reasons why lawyers get good at what they're doing is because they're normally sitting in the office for 80 hours a week, learning from their partners on how to go about being a good lawyer. And they're saying that that doesn't exist anymore. And that's a 
key issue and concern for that particular industry. And imagine it translates into other professional sectors moving forward, as in you're going to create the next generation of professionals who do not have the same rigor and capabilities of those before it. So that's a key issue. I've been chatting with people, senior people inside of politics, and one of their big concerns within the government right now is um, the death of CBDs. You know, and we spoke about this sort of, you know, on the Investing Insights Right Property Group in the first lockdown, the amount of energy and effort that's gone into equipping the CBDs to be functional in the future. I mean, you think of Sydney at a light rail, right? How much we spent on that? Like the death of CBDs and the businesses connected inside of the CBDs, which are, you know, tethered to the economy, you know, coffee shops, boot fixers, you know, dry cleaners, cafes, all that sort of stuff. Like that's a big, big concern. So I think sort of as we go into 2022 and this new Omicron virus that's out there, it's going to take the pressure off getting people back into CBDs. But I'd like to think by 2023 that happens. But what does that mean for property investors? If you've doubled down out there and invested heavily in regional areas, thinking that you're going to get all these city slickers heading out there and and choosing that's the place to be, maybe you should be concerned. I think that whole lifestyle point of view, Steve, lifestyle markets, uh, my thesis on all this is that you need to be within striking distance as a property investor. You need to be in striking distance of CBDs if you're going to go down that particular pathway. Um, yeah, I agree. I think there's, there's there'll probably be a fair bit more water that needs to go under the bridge, though. Mm. You talk about how the you know, the government politicians are, are concerned about the death of CBDs potentially. I don't think CBDs are going to die. I just think they're going to be vastly different than what they have been for the last hundred years. Yeah, and I think the the major factor there is going to be in a weird way around skilled or the lack thereof skilled labor because as we see as we see wages grow and employers doing whatever they can to employ people the employee may have you know, I say it, the power to say well listen you know I'd I'd really like to you know continue working from home or have that blended approach or or whatever it may be and that will become solidified as the new norm. And mm. as a result of that, I think the CBDs will be very different from here on. Not the 100% the way they are, but certainly different. And as you say, that has a flow-on effect throughout certain sectors of the community, cafes, barbers, beard trimmers, you know, whatever it may be. That's all going to change. And whether they shift outwards into the corridors of Sydney as property has somewhat become democratised and the employment hubs have as well, I don't know if I can see them going to one trick pony town thousands of kilometres away in the middle of nowhere. That, for me, is a short-term trend that's not sustainable. However, I think the larger regional areas will continue to do well. But in a general sense, if you are in striking distance or within commutable distance to the employment hubs, wherever that is, that'll be the sweet spot as far as regional is concerned. Yeah, and and for you, Victor, you Probably hasn't changed the way you've always viewed it. Remember, you sort of uh, explained this idea to me probably a decade ago where people get obsessed thinking, I've got to invest within five kilometres of the CBD. And let's use Sydney metropolitan area as an example for this. Yes, that applies, but there is numerous CBDs inside of Sydney. Yes, you have the one on the harbour postcode 2000, but you have the Campbelltown CBD, you have the Blacktown, you have the Penrith, you have the Liverpool, you have the Hornsby, you have the Chatswood etc etc these are all cbds in their own right they have their own 
ecosystem connected with them. So the baseline philosophy is the same. You need to be close to those areas for the purpose of commerce and community, but you don't necessarily need to be near the 2,000 or the 3,000 postcode or the 4,000 postcode. So you still subscribe to that, I would imagine. I do, I do. And and the, the key here is just echoing Steve's uh, words, is this still needs to be commutable distance back to the main CBD, if you look at metropolitan areas. Each state, depending on population pressure and lie of the land, determines how far out. In Sydney, as an example, in, in, in New South Wales, I'm quite comfortable going up to an hour and a half from Postcode 2000 mm. is still commutable in Sydney terms, and you've got multiple employment nodes coming back into the main CBD. Uh, if you look at, say, um, uh, sub, uh, Adelaide as an example, we'd only invest within 20, 25 kilometer ring from Adelaide CBD, right? But still following these employment nodes. So the key in terms of this is what, what people tend to forget is that the major catalyst for growth is employment. You can have all sorts of infrastructure, population growth and all that, unless you've got the catalyst of employment, in other words, the income, that will then allow you to have good, strong growth as opposed to normal growth. And and one needs to only go back to what happened in uh, Western Australia, right, in terms of when they had the uh, slowdown and they were throwing money after money into infrastructure, building shopping centres, building highways, but because the growth of employment wasn't quite there, we didn't have that huge upswing of, of uh, value. Now, as soon as the um, uh, employment factors kicked in, we started seeing shift in terms of value upwards. Yeah. You look at it and you think of all these different factors which can influence and shape 2022 and and the uniqueness of that, you know, the clear thing is as we go into this new year is that this big question mark around this COVID-19 variant that's with us right now, we still yet to understand how that's going to play out, whether we're going to end up in lockdowns, whether there's going to be partial lockdowns, who knows, big issue, election, so much there. But you can pretty much go, Victor, well, yeah, it's just another year. It's all these things. There's always stuff out there that will shape it in some particular way. You just need to be reactive and responsive to those things. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of analogies around it in terms of, you know, you set your sails differently depending on where the wind's coming from and you can still go forward in the right direction, right? It's not a bad way to to view this sort of stuff. Are you personally connected in with doing more yourself over 2022? Where are you at with your portfolio? You always sort of got your hand in looking for new assets? I'm always looking. Um, and obviously the types of properties both Steve and I buy are, are quite different uh, to your starting investor because we've got fairly mature portfolios. But, you know, you can only find opportunities when you're always looking, right? So uh, otherwise, you just have to be lucky and it drops in your lap and that happens, you know, once in a decade or once in a lifetime. So unless you're always looking and unless you're always looking at fine-tuning your portfolio, you can't be successful in investing. Good point, Vic. I think opportunities for 2022 will be there as long as you're looking all the time. However, good opportunities come and go very, very quickly. And yeah, so you've got to be Johnny on the spot, ready to roll, right? Like, well, you've got to be prepared. You could be Johnny on the spot, but if you're not in a position to purchase, yeah, forget trying to negotiate terms and conditions. You know, if we look at today's market, it's about finance. Hmm. Other than being Johnny on the spot, it's finance, finance, finance. And I think 2022 will be very much to some degree similar to what we've just gone through now in terms of finance potentially harder. Yeah, it's not going to get easier. However, the same discipline applies. Look after your housekeeping and 
don't overspend and present yourself as a good borrower to a bank and they're more than happy to give you money. That's how they make their money and do value to shareholders. So, you know, Correct. banks like to lend you money. And as we round out this particular chat, Victor, what, so when you think back to this year that we're just closing out now, 2021, what are you happiest about professionally as someone that sort of helps Aussie investors get going and make some bucks through property? Look, I'm, I'm quite happy in the fact that we've been able to guide all of our investors through this changing market and Ford predict a lot of the finance changes that are happening in the sense that uh, with our portfolio reviews, we are able to reset a lot of our clients' finance to the point where they're in a position now to capitalize um, on the changing market. Right? So that's that's something that I'm quite proud of. Uh, as Right Property Group, we've been really in the forefront in helping shape the portfolios of our clients, not just through buying, but also through actually asking people not to buy if the situation didn't warrant it. And Steve, same question for you. Uh, look, I'd, I'd echo nearly word for word what, what Vic said. Yeah, we've, we've been very fortunate for many years to be in a position to be able to educate and talk about property with what I would like to believe quite a lot of experience through the various crises, crises over the many, many years. Our tune hasn't changed since day one. Our fundamentals still lie the same, sure. We, we, we look for the new trends and we identify those new sustainable trends. For me, other than what Vic has said, and this might sound a little tossy, that I've, I've really enjoyed the podcasts. Yeah, the amount of feedback that I get about this podcast is truly amazing. You know, the way that we approach it, you know, we don't hit marks, as you know. Uh, we're here just to have a general chat, and it would seem that people really like it. So I'm super proud of that, the amount of people that we get in front of uh, via this podcast, via our Facebook Lives, and, and the community that we have created. I'm absolutely chuffed. Mm. Well, I'll tell that as a compliment, Steve, because I carry you guys through this and I have done it over a couple of years. So, um, Did you notice uh, I didn't mention your name? No, I was actually talking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I sort of feel like someone's just sitting there with a like a hand puppet just going, Phil, mate, these guys, you know, you know it's all right. But no, it's like, oh, thank okay, you, your sentiment, Steve. I got a great kick out of um, helping Aussies. Um, and I know a lot of people internationally listen to this as well. And a lot of the stuff we talk about applies in other markets, but we're here to support Australian investors uh, I get a real kick out of um helping shape better decision making you know it's it's what we do someone needs to do it like you got I said a different fence from you guys I'm, I'm a journo this is this what a job I talk about property uh, you guys are professionals you do this for a living you're very capable at it and to your point you've seen a number of crises right uh, crises um you guys have, have bought and sold property and invested in property through the GFC and now what I would say that the big crisis that is the COVID-19 pandemic, um, guess what? There's going to be another one in the future. When that is, who knows? People talk about this being sort of a decade-orientated thing. But um, you reckon you're going to do this forever, Vic? Is this is this it, mate? You're going to be oh, that's prop, a good prop, prop, property investors till I die? Let me get my popcorn. <laughs> Look, this is, this is something I truly enjoy, right? I don't see myself, I do see myself slowing down, you know, years down the track, but I don't see myself not doing this. Yeah, same. Imagine you echo with that, Steve. Keep going at it. You, you'll be here for the next crisis, mate. Well, we create our I will crisis. because yeah, I, I will. <laughs> what do you guys need? I'll, I'll create something. Yeah, yeah, you put yeah. something in the media. I'll, I'll, head, uh, I'll head back up the Wuhan, mate, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sort another uh, pandemic for you. Wuhan Phil. 
But, um, <laughs> Easy. No, look, very much the same. We're in a very fortunate position. You know, how many people get to say they truly like what they do? And and as I've as I've said before, and I don't know how long ago, but Vic and I are in a very unique situation. We literally get to surround ourselves with the doers mm. of this world. Uh, yeah, not not uh, victims, not sort of chips on their shoulder, people that want to do something, whatever the asset class is, very motivated people. And as I saying, you know, go as you are, the sum equal of those who you surround yourself with. So we get just as much benefit out of this as we hope everybody else does. And there in Steve, you're talking about the sense of community and um, it's good Correct. to train yourself with people who get stuff done. And you find that um, people who are successful in property typically have that attitude and aptitude to drive forward irrespective of the circumstances. And that comes down to education. So the fact that you're tuning into this means that you're down that path. We're fortunate that we've done numerous seasons of this now. So if you're bored over this period when everyone is sitting back and relaxing, uh, waiting for the the business year to start uh, in a couple of weeks' time, um, you can binge listen to plenty of podcasts from us, Steve. And I would, I would argue that though they're time-stamped as in recorded at a particular point in time, the relevance of what we talk about continues and 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 to your point you don't need to deviate too much from the fundamentals of investing in property it, it is not rocket science you know it is if it's difficult and you don't understand it it's probably not what you should be thinking about just keep it simple and that's probably the best uh, advice I'd have for everyone as we move into 2022 um, when it comes to property investment yep 100% couldn't have said it better myself philip well, from listening to you guys too much, maybe I, I do actually. I, I do actually listen. Um, I just don't talk. What? Where, where's Phil gone? Yes. Who's talking to the real Phil? Well, thanks, gents. Um, as you know, it's very reflective. Uh, twenty twenty one, as we round out the year, and uh, uh, twelve episodes under our belt this year, despite challenging circumstances. I haven't seen you guys in the studio since um, the middle of the year. We'll we'll try and uh, remedy that as we go into 2022. I do rather do this in person, but um, and the environment around us hasn't facilitated it, but same logic applies to property. Just move, be responsive, be reactive. Uh, continuity with everything you do is uh, uh, absolutely critical when it comes to investing. So don't let things along the way sort of stop you from getting stuff done. And uh, if you find yourself in that sort of circumstances or situation, you're very fortunate as a property investor, some great people out there, professionals who support you. And now let's remember people who help you in property, if they do it for free, big question mark. If you want to actually succeed in property, you need to leverage the people around you to do it. Accountants, brokers, uh, buyers, agents, uh, conveyances, financial planners. And typically you're going to have to put your hand in your pocket to pay those people. So just be careful where you get your advice from. Gents, thanks for your time. Thanks for the year. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you back in 2022. You will indeed, everybody. Have an awesome 2022 and stay safe. Nice one. Um, and Vic, I know you guys have probably shut up shop and want some time off. If anyone wants to give you a call in between, are you getting email boxes monitored or are you happy to chat with people still? Oh, um, the, we're giving the team a bit of a break. It's been a uh, fairly busy year. So we'll be back on the 10th of January. And uh, if you want to do chat with one of one of the team members, just uh, reach out onto our website. There's a contact form, or you can reach back out to us on the socials and uh, we'll make sure that um, we um, have make time to have a chat with you. Excellent. Thanks, uh, Vic. Thanks, Steve. Uh, that's Investing Insights, the right property group for 
2021. We'll see you back in 2022. Until then, goodbye. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs, and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property, or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.